You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to The Strength to Heal, brought to you by the United States Army Medical Department, AMED. Your host is trauma surgeon Dr. John Armstrong. Dr. Armstrong is a former Army colonel who served as director of the U.S. Army Trauma Training Center in Miami, Florida, and as chair of the ACS Army Committee on Trauma. Below the surface of normalcy, the behavioral effects of injury to the brain. Our guest is Brigadier General and Dr. Lori Sutton, psychiatrist and director of the Defense Centers of Excellence for Psychological Health and Traumatic Brain Injury. Welcome, Dr. Sutton. Thank you so much, Dr. Armstrong. It's great to be here. Well, Dr. Sutton, why the Defense Centers of Excellence? I'll tell you, we have been on a journey. You'll recall from the situation that unfolded at Walter Reed about 18 months ago, there was a series of task force, of councils, of groups that got together and, and really looked over our health system to figure out how can we do things better. One of the common themes that came out of that was the notion that really the Department of Defense needed an open front door for all issues related to psychological health and traumatic brain injury. And so that really became the impetus for establishing the center, which opened, by the way, last November, on the 30th of November, and we're just moving out and building this network and doing great things, which I'm looking forward to sharing with you. So your first anniversary is approaching, and it sounds like there was recognition of the importance of a continuum of very broad-based care for the military beneficiaries. Absolutely. The recognition, first of all, of the importance of paying attention to not just post-traumatic stress, uh, as important as that is, but to broaden it to encompass psychological health, which really you know, starts at, at what we call the three R's, uh, building resilience, uh, enhancing recovery, and fostering reintegration. And so by combining the two domains, psychological health and traumatic brain injury, we're really able to encompass a holistic approach, whether it pertains to treatment, education, research, really looking at the knowledge gaps in those areas that are are so relevant for our troops and their loved ones, as well as then to really launch an aggressive outreach campaign, a public health informational awareness campaign, as well as a clearinghouse so that we can be that open front door for the Department of Defense. Well, you've clearly identified some issues that are a bit different when one hears about traumatic brain injury, because typically... With traumatic brain injury, one imagines neurosurgeons and ABC anchorman Bob Woodruff, and yet there are important behavioral effects of seemingly mild injury to the brain. What has been learned about these effects? We are on a journey to identify the knowledge gaps, particularly where the knowledge gaps that pertain to the full range of traumatic brain injuries. As you know, you know you can have closed traumatic brain injuries, you can have open and penetrating wounds, And depending upon the level and the length that one loses consciousness, you know, we've divided that into, you know, mild, moderate, and severe. And so you're absolutely right. We're certainly concerned about acute intervention stabilization, which does encompass more of the aggressive neurosurgical and the resuscitative care, the trauma care that gets our warriors just amazingly from the point of injury on the battlefield through the combat support hospital, stabilized and sent to Longstuhl, Germany, and then 
not uncommonly, they'll arrive here at Bethesda or at Walter Reed or at Brook Army Medical Center within 36 to 48 hours following the point of injury. And what we've also come to understand, you know, all of those very serious injuries, we have our arms around them through the medical evacuation system. What we are now working very, very closely on, very aggressively on, is to now better understand, as you said, the milder traumatic brain injuries, also known as concussions, and, of course, complicated by the fact that many of these concussions are experienced within the realm of a blast overpressure wave that is also complicated by the possibility of, of direct blows to the head, which cause concussive injury. So the way I like to explain it to folks is think about it this way. If you're a young troop, you're out on a convoy, all of a sudden your buddy next to you in the Humvee, he gets hit by a fragment, he loses a leg. You didn't even see where the blast occurred because fragment injuries can occur up to a mile away from the point of explosion. Let's say that this is your third rotation. As the medical crew comes to help your buddy out, the insurgents have planted another IED, which explodes in closer range, which may put you at risk for exposure to uh, blast overpressure. Let's say that this is not the first buddy that you've lost. Maybe it's the second or third. Think of the range of health effects that can occur for that one single soldier. Everything from the blast effects of ruptured eardrums to lung and intestinal injuries to loss of limb to the grief and loss that comes from losing a buddy to the psychological trauma that comes from being in that kind of an acute life-threatening situation. These are the kinds of stresses that our troops are absolutely braving every single day on our behalf. And so, of course, in our position, there's no greater privilege than to stand up this center and to absolutely scour the nation, scour the globe for best practices, launching research to fill the knowledge gaps, and moving forward to increase our ability to provide effective treatments on a timely basis. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Strength to Heal, brought to you by the United States Army on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I am your host, Dr. John Armstrong, and our guest is Brigadier General and Dr. Lori Sutton. We are discussing the behavioral effects of traumatic brain injuries and its relevance in Army medicine. When we talk about traumatic brain injury, as you've pointed out, we often think about the life-threatening issues, and we think about the anatomy of the injury. And yet it sounds like you are looking at traumatic brain injury from a much broader perspective, particularly as it relates to these explosions from improvised explosive devices, for example. What type of manifestations clinically are you seeing in those who are exposed to these explosions who otherwise don't appear to have physical injury. We're seeing a range of reactions and symptoms. For example, it's not at all uncommon for our troops to come back with sleep difficulties or ringing in the ears. Sometimes there's dizziness and loss of balance. Some troops have difficulty with their memory for a period of time, for concentrating, as well as not at all unusual to have mood effects, whether it be feeling depressed, feeling anxious, or even having difficulty controlling one's irritability. And so there's a wide range of both cognitive as well as physical and emotional 
effects that we see. The good news is, is that we're really blessed with such young, healthy troops that have very healthy brains, and in the vast majority of concussions, similar to what you see with the sports uh, injuries for high school, college, same age athletes, the vast majority of folks will completely resolve these symptoms. But for a period of time, it's certainly important for us to monitor what's going on to make sure that a young troop gets a chance to take a knee, to rest up, to make sure that we're not adding to the cumulative effect that will eventually cause long-term sequelae and, and damage. It's a really holistic approach, as you said, that encompasses both the anatomy, the physiology, as well as the behavioral, cognitive, and physical aspects of brain injury, whether that comes from a psychological trauma or whether it comes from a physical trauma such as blast or direct concussion. Have you and your team developed a screening tool that can identify those who might benefit from interventions to restore them to full mental health? Yes. In fact, we've developed a very aggressive screening program that takes you know, a close look at our troops before they deploy, as well as provide the cognitive baseline screening using a tool that the Army's developed for quite some time called the ANAM. There are several other tools, and right now we're doing a head-to-head evaluation to see really what tool might prove to be most effective for our troops. But that pre-deployment cognitive assessment then allows us, when the troop is deployed downrange, if they are exposed to an IED blast explosion, then it becomes important for them to document. And we have a tool that's called the MACE. It's the Military Acute Concussion Evaluation. And then that gives us a chance to document what has happened, what the reaction was, and to give us a chance to keep, keep our eyes on that young troop and to make sure that they heal from their injury and then are able to keep in the fight, if at all possible. And as I said, fortunately, in the great majority of concussions, time is the best healer, and so we're able to take preventive action that then pays off in the long haul because our troops, you know, they, keep in mind, they're volunteers. They knew that their country was at war, and they raised their hands, and they knew exactly what they were going to be doing as they put on a uniform. And so these, these young troops, they, they want to stay in the fight, and we're absolutely dedicated to giving them the best possible care and intervention at every part of that continuum of care, including when they come back, where they go through another screen, medical screen, after they return home, and then we found it to be very useful at about the three to six month mark. You know, once the honeymoon's kind of worn off and perhaps some of the issues related to deployment have started to surface, we check in with them again and make sure that we're doing everything possible to be able to restore their health and to build their resilience so that they can continue to honor their duty. Well, it sounds like you're finding hope for soldiers who sustain concussion through a comprehensive approach in resiliency, recovery, and reintegration. We have been finding answers to these important questions in Army Medicine with Brigadier General and Dr. Lori Sutton, psychiatrist and director of the Defense Centers of Excellence for Psychological Health and Traumatic Brain Injury. Dr. Sutton, thank you very much for being our guest. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to The Strength to Heal on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. The Strength to Heal is brought to you by the United States Army Medical Department, AMED. For more information on this or any other program and to access our on-demand features, please visit us at ReachMD.com.
For more information regarding Army medicine, go to healthcare.goarmy.com heal to learn more. When we talked to Captain Ernesto Cardenas, an OBGYN in the Army Medical Corps, we asked him why he chose the Army for his practice. His answer surprised us. He didn't talk about being given an established practice or not having to worry about insurance, employees, or rent. He didn't say that he enjoyed having the most advanced technology at his disposal or being a member of one of the world's largest healthcare systems. Captain Cardenas talked about giving back to the country that had given him so much. He went on to tell us about practicing in a humanitarian mission to his native Colombia and the sense of pride he felt in providing free care to people in need there. A medical career in the U.S. Army or Army Reserve is rewarding on many levels, personal and professional. You can reward your career, your country, and your life for a lifetime. Exercise your strength to heal. Visit healthcare.goarmy.com heal to learn more. That's healthcare.goarmy.com heal.